have a passion, hobby or expertise and want to share it with the world, why not do a podcast? The Podstation offers a wide range of packages to make this a reality, ranging from training and support for those who have no idea where to begin, to podcasters who just need somewhere to host their show. With prices starting at a mere £15 per month, you can now get involved in one of the fastest growing entertainment forms in the world without all the headaches. To find out more, visit thepodstation.co.uk forward slash station dash packages. And remember, those with passion, podcast. You're listening to The Business Spotlight, exclusively on The Podstation. Business Spotlight. My name is Mark Latham. I'm one of the co-founders of the Podstation. If you're familiar with the Business Spotlight, each episode we showcase an individual or a business who discusses their expertise during the course of listening, find out a few hints or tips, or maybe be interested in the subject matter. It's worthwhile tuning in. If you want to email us, it's the Business Spotlight at the Podstation. You can get in touch to be on the show if that's what you want to do. You can also find us on all of the social media: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can go directly the pod station and message us or even if you want to do a direct message on LinkedIn you can do that as well if you want to find the business spotlight you could go to www.thepodstation.co.uk go to the business spotlight tab follow the instructions to the major platforms and then if you even want to get the show downloaded each time there's a new episode you can subscribe which means it saves you all of this for future episodes because we're with the times we're also on YouTube but we haven't got the video at the moment we're still working our way through that wonderful technological advance I've been reliably informed it will happen so you will get to see either myself or Mark and our wonderful faces live and direct into your computer. Joining me this episode though is Greg Hume who is going to share his wonderful journey so far. Welcome Greg. Hi Mark, how's it going? Not too bad, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Well thank you for joining me. I'm really interested to hear more about you because we've met before. Mm -hmm. Our paths have crossed many times. Every time we speak you always seem to be doing something wonderful and more creative than the last. I think probably the best thing with any of these things is to start at the beginning. Where did your journey begin? Right. Well, I've always been a huge fan of movies. That's been my passion for everything pretty much that I've undertaken job-wise. I always wanted to be a film director and when I left high school, I decided to make a couple of short films just with friends doing me favours and things. I realised that pretty much every aspect of making a film is an absolute nightmare. (laughs) I just decided when you're relying on favours from friends and things and doing pretty much everything yourself, there are jobs that you just can't see through to the end. And so there were unfinished projects, things that I weren't satisfied with. I made a decision after that to just stick with one individual aspect of filmmaking, which turned out to be music. I've been playing piano since I was nine years old, and I've been fascinated by composition and the way in which music can influence or bring out the emotion of a scene in a film. Mm. You know, you think of Star Wars, what would that? What would those films be without John Williams's Absolutely. score? And, uh, or Blade Runner. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's something that continues to fascinate me to this day. I decided to try my hand at music composition for film and television. Okay. I've done a few adverts and uh, trailers and I've written for theatre productions and short films and things like that and I continue to do that and I really enjoy it but now I've migrated over to telling stories in a different way. I decided when lockdown hit us two years ago that I would try my hand
hand at writing a book and I'd always wanted to write a book but never thought that I had the sort of intellectual chops for it. Every time that I tried to write anything I just thought no this is rubbish what you're doing it's you're not cut out for it and then I just decided that I've had this idea rolling around in my head for ages just write something just get something down and even if it's rubbish just see where it goes see it through to the end and if it's rubbish then at least you'll know and you move on to something else and I completed it I thought I enjoy this there's more mm. of this story that I want to tell okay. and so that's sort of the stage where I'm at now in the book writing journey I mean it's interesting because I'm in a nice position I'm surrounded by a lot of creative people yeah. I think it's because of the industry that I work within because we met on a TV set yeah. and I know when we were talking you were doing your music and then when we met on a film set you were moving into you just finished a book mm-hmm. and I think Covid or in fact the lockdown has brought out the best of creativity in people the pod station didn't specifically come out of that we were doing it beforehand but we wanted the pod station to be accessible for people in different levels of creativity whether it was the first time or they've been held back because of self-esteem or, or confidence and then you've got people who are very creative and can do all the editing and that was where we came from but I've spoken to similar people like yourself who are filmmakers and they've been doing their own independent films one that I had the privilege of working on but there's a lot of creative people out there who mm-hmm. may hold themselves back what would you say to those people I'd say a lot of those people I used to be and I'm still one of them they hold themselves back because they're self-conscious mm. and they're perfectionists and they want it to be good first time they yeah. want it to be the best product possible and they're worried about other people's opinions on their work and the more you do these sorts of things the more you realize that that stuff just doesn't matter what matters is just getting it done regardless of the outcome regardless of the quality you can go back and you can edit show it to people a million times and get feedback that sort of feedback is really useful there's no pressure if you know what I mean especially if it's all work that you're doing for yourself the great thing about lockdown was it stopped all the noise the thing that stops people from doing any work is distractions Mm. procrastination yeah and now that I'm into book number two I'm finding myself a lot more distracted by things going on by people trying to call me or you know people trying to get hold of me or just I don't know just having YouTube there Mm. which it was there already but now it seems harder to focus on one specific thing do we need another pandemic do we we need need another pandemic (laughs) don't jinx it Christ (laughs) we could have another lockdown and we'll get another book done so you know you're welcome I'd say those who feel like they can't focus especially if they're working from home try and find a separate space for work one that maybe doesn't have access to internet or you know is just away from where you would normally relax because your brain gets used to a routine it gets used to a certain system it's very difficult to break that system once it's in it like I've started taking my laptop out to park benches and just writing for an hour or two just to get my ideas down and then I can go home later put them with what I've already done find that a more efficient way of clearing my head and getting the ideas down that's really helpful for people who may be wanting to do something along the lines of maybe writing a book or doing music or something of a creative area one of the things I don't like is the sound of my own voice so when I'm editing podcasts apart from the fact that I actually find them therapeutic to edit Mm -hmm. it takes me a while to get into that and what I've started doing is this psychological thing where as I say to myself I'm going to do it for five minutes and if I don't like it I'll stop yeah. now what always happens is I finish it because I've now started you're that, in the zone I'm in yeah. the zone if someone says to me do you listen to them when they're on the platform I don't because I hate the way I sound everyone does yeah and <laughs> I think it's how your inner ear or how you audibly hear yourself yeah. I'm not a big fan but having spent several hours editing something where I've just been talking I'm literally rolling my eyes thinking oh Mark just stopped I'm and I think it's something that's unique to the creative I speak to theatre actors and musicians and different people across the wide spectrum of all things creative pretty much they would class themselves as introverts 
low self-esteem or lacking in confidence but they're extremely talented and it's an untapped talent because they haven't been discovered yet yeah and i think it's sad because there's a lot of people out there who are extremely talented who probably get sort of outshined by people who are just the five minute wonder type thing where people are just booked because they did a job well mm-hmm. and there's so many other people out there who miss out on the opportunities because they're just wheeling the same people all the time yeah there's a lot of nepotism and it's very clicky um, it is yeah and in this industry like most things it's who you know mm. it's not what you know and you can be as talented as you like but if there's no one there to see it then you're not going to profit from it unfortunately and there's a no. lot of people in that situation but just got to try and network with people get yourself in an environment where people will be interested in the same things as you and want to help you this is definitely a niche area where it's an emerging marketplace for creative minds and creativity because I'm aware that if you want to be seen the only way you can do that is by doing it yourself mm-hmm. like you said earlier on can't rely on other people it's a slower process because you are funding it yourself you're doing it yourself and you're probably working as well mm-hmm. and you're hustling for jobs and everything else but ultimately it's one of these things where you say to people you can do this thing they seem to ignore that fact that you can do this thing you need to then show them you can do the thing you said you can do and then they go oh yeah you can do that thing it's like well I did tell you <laughs> but you didn't listen that's what I find a lot of people who I speak to and work with are similar to you where they aren't waiting for the phone call from George Lucas they're not waiting for Steven Spielberg to say we need you on set they're doing it themselves mm. they're not waiting around for the call from Hollywood I think that keeps you humble mm. and it also reminds you where you came from and you never forget that mm-hmm. because you know you fought hard to get to where you are I think you appreciate it more and also if you enjoy it well why wouldn't you do it for yourself exactly yeah you, when you're doing these sorts of things you should be doing it regardless of whether you get paid or not because it's a passion it's not something you should go into thinking oh I'm going to get rich out of this there's going to be yeah. there's, there's very few people who actually are lucky enough to get in that position there's millions of people fighting for the same jobs and you know you've got to prove to yourself and to those people that you can do it well and do it efficiently the only way to do that is to put the work in put the time in and yeah. um, a lot of the time you're doing lots of different things just to see where you fit in and it's very difficult to earn money but that's a sacrifice you make in order to live out your passions and it's tough it's a tough industry well if it doesn't cost you something personally then there's no point in doing it is there no the ones who talk about it are usually the ones who don't do anything about it I mean yeah. 90% of actors are out of work and I was having this conversation only last week with somebody who was saying that years and years ago Hollywood actors would never do TV or any advertisement at all it was beneath them mm-hmm. so there was loads of work for people to do commercials advertisements TV work with loads of people being able to go and audition it's quite lucrative now when you're getting a million pound an episode because yeah. you've been on a procedural drama for the past 20 years and you can command a million pound an episode it's more lucrative to do TV than it is to do a movie yeah there's more work for TV now isn't there yeah. because of Netflix and because of all these streaming services that... we're not a sponsor <laughs> we won't yeah, we <laughs> won't it's go fine. down that there's just so many platforms now I know, I know yeah. other Mark he and I when we talk about on our two Mark show shameless plug <laughs> we talk often about the fact that every single company now is doing their own streaming platform so you've got Peacock Paramount Plus now which has mm. taken back all of their stuff and put it on their platform yeah. you've got Disney Amazon Hulu Netflix and the content if you watch terrestrial TV as well there's a lot of good drama on some of the terrestrial shows because of the TV license politics that's going on those companies now are trying desperately to turn out better content because they're losing viewers why pay a TV license when you can pay for Netflix and get all the stuff you like yeah, yeah. unfortunately the more saturated the market gets the less people are going to watch telly that's just the way it is the, the more choices people have the less things are going to make any money yeah I don't quite know what the solution to that is you know there was a time when there was only five TV 
shows when I was growing up and you just you watched whatever was on and now it's like you can just choose anything yeah. at the drop of a hat as long as you're willing to pay a monthly subscription absolutely and I think I think the industry's suffering for it but well I'm old enough to remember three channels <laughs> um, and then when Sky came out I got Sky I remember then when we had there was over 100 channels mm. and there still you couldn't find anything no. to watch unless you're willing to pay I, well exactly yeah that, that's right and sports and stuff and that's where they made the money but now you see the other problem you've got is you're going to have massive churn you're going to either have people who subscribe to every single platform and pay more than they would do with Sky mm-hmm. or they will pick a particular platform that suits their needs but there'll be loads of churn because people go well I've watched that show now or I've had me 30 days free I'll go and try the next 30 days on Hulu or whatever and then they'll watch what they can because people binge now I mean I binge mm. because I'm an insomniac I watched the whole of Goliath season 3 in one night Right. Yeah. Uh, boom done so I don't <laughs> need 30 days I could have probably watched all I need is to watch on Amazon in a week or two mm-hmm. and then I'm done then yeah. and I move on to Peacock for free or whatever and so you're going to have people leaving platforms to go elsewhere, which does make it difficult. The best thing to do is turn it off, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's where I was a few years ago. I was like, once these streaming services started taking over, I was like, I can't binge anymore. I mm. can't dedicate that much time to a TV show because they're addictive and there's so much good stuff. Yeah, There's so much good content. Um, you know, how do you choose from one to the next? You don't. You just watch it all. Yeah. And it was taking away time that I really should have been writing or doing music or whatever. So now I barely watched tell you it all okay. I might watch The Chase while I'm having my dinner but that's about it The Chase yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to edit that one <laughs> how dare you it's a great TV show if you say so <laughs> Well, no, I'll take you away for that. Well, we put the world of TV and film to rights now. <laughs> what other things do people need to know about you? Obviously, the book. You said you're on your second one, so I'm assuming yeah. that tells me that you've got one book done. Yes, Magnus Powell and the Shadow Squad is the title. Okay. It came out last December. Shall I give the synopsis of it? Absolutely. That? Tell us more, yes. Yeah, it's a story of a 15-year-old boy who has been locked up in a prison his whole life. It's set in a dystopian future where a biological weapon has wiped out most of the planet. This boy, he gets broken out of prison by a group of freedom fighters who wish to overthrow a tyrannical government who's abandoned the citizens that they swore to protect and along the way Magnus finds that he has certain supernatural powers which he needs to learn to take control of before they take control of him basically. Is it the power to take a photograph of food before you eat it so you don't forget what it looks like? (laughs) Gotta get those hits haven't you? I know, yeah. That's all that matters. <laughs> Instant gratification is the only thing you live for these days. And also, I don't understand in the future when you sort of find someone's phone and it's just full of plates of food, what will people think? Growing up, I had photo albums, so my mm. family could find a photo album of me growing up. But the youth of today, what will happen? They'll just have a whole gallery of plates of cuisine. Yeah, maybe they're bringing a book out. Maybe. Cookery book. Cookery book, yeah. yeah. See, there you go. There's another, another segue to you, yeah. I quite like the dystopian stuff. Mm. And it's quite apt, I suppose, that you wrote it during a pandemic. Well, that was the that was sort of what uh, influenced it. I mean, I wanted to do a story about freedom fighters since I was about 10. Okay. I had this idea of this group of sort of... They were ninjas at the time. They were like a religion. They were like a cult. And they went fought against a government that was doing very bad things. Okay. And when once lockdown happened, thought about, you know, how everyone was doing in isolation and stuff. There were people that were living by themselves and the psychological effects of that. And I mm. thought about what would happen if there was a person who 
been locked away his whole life and wasn't aware of the outside world and then suddenly he gets thrust into this environment where it's full of people and he has to learn how to cope in that and I thought that would be quite an interesting thing to do so I sort of merged the two ideas together it's a good concept I've been surprised how many people I know have suffered with mental health who never had mental health issues I mean I personally loved it Mm. I love my own space yeah Yeah, the creatives will have will have taken a lot from I I mean I had no money and I spent 18 months paying bills but I just loved it managed to finish Fallout 4 (laughs) so that was good wanted to do editing didn't do editing Mm. but just loved the whole solitude thing so yeah bring it on but I have subsequently spoken to people who I know who are very strong individuals Mm -hmm. and they crumbled and they're not on their own they have families you know they're married and everything else so I was surprised a little bit of how that dynamic shifted people does the book touch upon how he sort of dealt with the solitude and things oh yeah it's it's him struggling to cope in this new environment basically and people yeah yeah dealing with people like I've suffered from anxiety my whole life it comes from I've always been very good at sort of learning things for myself but applying those things in a group environment has been is always tough because you don't know what other people are thinking you don't know right. you don't know their dynamics so it's like I've always been more comfortable by myself that's not to say I'm antisocial I love talking to people and I love being with people but only for a certain amount of time and then it's like right back to solitude again Yeah. and I know like you say there's some people who don't thrive in that environment mm. who really struggle during lockdown and you get different characters in the book with that sort of mentality as well where it's like they wouldn't cope so well okay. in that sort of environment that sounds really interesting and, and so will this be part of a series then I intend to I'm shortening it to a trilogy for now I think I'm I've got that in me in the next few years and if it's still if there's a demand for more books within the same universe then I'll consider it for now I've got the three stories fully fledged out halfway through book number two now and this is the second part of this okay I mean if you sell the rights to it whatever you do don't cast Jared Leto because he'll just ruin it for you don't worry that ain't gonna happen (laughs) I can tell you now it'll just ruin the film yeah the most important thing having learned about the book where can people buy it where can they get hold of it it's currently available on Amazon and Kindle okay we're hoping to get it into Waterstones in the next few months but no guarantees on that yet just Amazon at the moment okay uh, that is exciting and so this part of the show I think we've kind of covered everything unless there's anything else you can think of what is spectacular about you and if there isn't what we tend to do on the show is get the guests to maybe give some tips and hints to people uh, particularly within the area that you're working within things that you've learned along the way that you would give advice to people who will kind of start on that journey mm-hmm. sure so with writing books I would suggest getting out of the house and going for walks just being out of your workspace I don't know how other people work in that environment but I can't sit in one space and think whatever I do in that time just doesn't work for me so if I go for an hour-long walk it allows me to map everything out in my head and get it so that I know exactly what I'm writing what's happening in that chapter what dialogue is going to be said and then once you get home you get it down straight away even if it's just notes yeah you've got to get out and about because it's a bit stifling just sitting in an office somewhere I don't know how people do it in all honesty well, they probably go home and cry yeah or maybe. they're not or they're not creative or you know the deadlines that they're working with mm. force the issue and they just write nonsense I mean, I think every creative person has their own process. Yes. I mean, I know somebody who is a film producer and he uses storyboards and he does Lego models and things. In mine, people would probably say it's procrastination, but I, like, lucid dream. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was speaking to someone who does the same thing. Yeah. 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 I found that massively helpful. Mm. I don't even know how it came about. It's not even a secret power, but I lucid dream. The subconscious just going, Yeah, this so is... in my head, I've already done the job. Yeah. 
So when I come to do the job, I've already done it. Yeah. So it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. People would argue that's procrastinating, but I would argue it isn't. <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah. As long as you're getting something out of it in the end, it doesn't really matter. When I was in high school, I was so bored in school. I just looking out the window, thinking about a, a, a movie scene in my head that I'd made up, yeah, or a fight scene I could choreograph within the, you know, bouncing over the desks or something. That was me daydreaming, and and yes, nothing came of it. But when you get older, you were able to actually manifest things easier mm. and uh, utilize those abilities is the yeah. wrong word but those sort of those things that you do naturally mm. sort of daydreaming you can turn into something that is actually you can share with people basically yeah i mean i think it's a productive process yeah and i think everybody has a process any other tips for those who are interested in music because i do both you're just boasting now oh sorry just you know <laughs> multi-talented what can i say for me who plays piano just sitting at the piano for several hours just messing about is the best thing possible for composition even if you don't come out with anything in the end you are utilizing every aspect of your brain to just play basically if you've got something that you need to play or that you need to compose for a job eventually something will come which sounds right it might take days it might take weeks depending on your deadline but eventually something will come out of it and you'll be like right yeah you've got that now keep playing it keep playing it, keep playing it repetition and you're looking for a skeleton basically and it's like the same with book writing you're looking for the the skeleton of the idea and then you can go back and add layers put and, meat on the bones yeah exactly and, and take things away and add things and don't think about making it perfect straight away I mean I suppose that's a good thing with writing especially now I mean I used to write short stories when I was mm. a kid and I used to have the old fashioned typewriter oh really yeah I wouldn't say it was out of being that way inclined you know when you have authors who like sort of like Stephen King who mm. probably would have an old fashioned typewriter just for part of his process yeah. but he didn't have a computer really and it was, yeah it was when I was in my early years of secondary school I used to keep my sister awake because it was like the of the keys <laughs> and he's had the bing and then yeah. the roll and yeah I've still got them but I have to dust them off but mm-hmm. they're not particularly great now with computers you can go back to a chapter and flesh that chapter out or go mm, doesn't quite work so you have that ability yeah I don't have the ability to write on a typewriter and thought I'd waste so much paper because my sentences if you saw my first drafts of my chapters you'd think this guy's a complete idiot <laughs> But like I said, you now are afforded the opportunity to go back and add things and, and make it sound good. Whereas with the typewriter, you're limited in that. Yeah, the amount of times. I didn't even have the one that had the Tipex strip. It was oh, really? a really, really old-fashioned one. Wow. Yeah, it was the side. I'm jealous. Of, I'd quite like to see it. <laughs> yeah, probably got Antiques Roadshow status now. <laughs> it's the type of thing that if it fell on you, you'd be done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They'd probably just bury you with it. A really nice one as well, but it's just very loud. Limited the times when you could do it. Did <laughs> so, you enjoy the process? I did. I didn't enjoy making the errors because I'd learned to type on a typewriter again show my age before computers and then I went on to learn word processing so I was already proficient on typing like with anything with technology they make it so easy for you where you can get a tip extra or you can type it into a word processor and press print and it'll do it on a typewriter those technological advances which kind of defeats the object of the process really it does a bit yeah I enjoyed the typewriter feeding the paper in it sort of ended up being like a Stephen King novel made it feel more official for you yeah that Stephen Jay Canal where he pulls the last piece of paper mm. out of the typewriter and lets it fall on the pad for his last <laughs> final part of his book sort of satisfying noise yeah it was just short stories it wasn't anything in the realms that you're doing it was just an enjoyable thing it was a hobby and yeah. came out of thoughts and you say daydreaming and just yeah it's important writing. to do that it's important to get your ideas down because otherwise like I said this Freedom Fighters idea I've been thinking about since I was in my teens okay. and it was just a nothing thing mm. that I didn't even think would become something Yeah. but then I was in lockdown I was like what can I do how can 
can I express myself in a creative way? I just pulled that thing from the back of my mind from years ago. You know, Amazing. You just never know when a good idea will come up, so it's, it's good to get things down just in case. Absolutely. Yeah. And now you're on Amazon? I am. An yes. author? I know. <laughs> a bit crazy. Just to round off this episode, if you're happy for me to ask if people want to get hold of you, how can they reach you? Yep. You can add me on Twitter at Greg Hume Music. Email me, Greg Hume at hotmail.com. I'm on Instagram, Greg Hume Author, or Greg Hume Music Composer. Well, right, two, eh? Yeah. <laughs> You've arrived. Just, nah, you just you got to keep them separate, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Again, thank you for your time. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully the episode has been enjoyable. You know how to get hold of the book. The second one is well underway. We look forward to hearing how that goes. You can get it on Amazon, which is exciting. Thank you, listeners. Tune in to the next episode next time. Bye. If you'd like to submit your business to be on the show, simply email spotlight at thepodstation.co.uk or message us on social media at The Podstation on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.